Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome back, couch potatoes and TV junkies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picked Up. My name is Robert, and I'm sitting here, as always, with my good friend, former roommate, and wonderful co-host, Rich. That's right. Uh, one half of the stream team here, and yada, yada, yada. I can't, I can't play around, man. I'm nervous. Nervous? Yeah. What's I'm got worried. you nervous? Because I'm not feeling 100%. Mm. Not only does that kill me and break my heart for the show, mm-hmm. but we have a very... Very big appointment viewing this Sunday. Yeah, we do. And it it is the definition of appointment viewing. It really is. I like that and the event that it leads into are the only two things that I appointment view anymore, basically. Absolutely. These are events that we plan our lives around. Uh taking time off work if necessary. Yeah. Uh, you know, clearing the schedule before and after. Gathering large groups of people, and that's right. We're talking about the Royal Rumble, the WWE Royal Rumble. That's right. The annual 30-man, last-man-standing contest that awards the winner a title shot at the other event that Rich mentioned. WrestleMania. That's right. And and if you're unfamiliar, for the uninitiated, uh, we play a drinking game to the Royal Rumble. And I woke up week of... Feeling less than. Uh, throat wasn't sore, but like it wasn't feeling great. And I got a cough, and you could hear me. I just sound a little different. So yeah. right now I'm down in some uh, Lipton tea, trying to, just trying to, trying to fucking submit this illness and fucking throw it over the top rope. That's right. Eliminate this illness. Yeah. For those of you who do not know, we are in Chicago, Illinois, and we've been hit with the coldest week of weather we've had so far in an otherwise very warm winter. What we do here at Picked Up, aside from trying to submit illnesses <coughs> and brave the Midwestern cold, is we watch television pilots. Every episode, we select a different pilot by various means. Watch the first episode of uh, any show. It can be a show. It can be an unaired pilot. It can be web series. Lots of different things. We use that viewing as a jumping off point of discussion about television, about comedy, really about anything. We get into some pretty pretty unaffiliated territory, but it's always a good time. Damn right it is. Yeah. And uh yeah, you know, it's funny. I was uh, thinking about <clears throat> just kind of like what it is that we do here. And it's like it is pretty unfair like just judging a show like just based off the pilot because that is like the hardest episode that you'll like have to write Mm -hmm. second to if you get a chance to write a series finale yes a finale um but that said that's what it's all about that is what it's all about monkeys so before we get to this week's pilot rich and i like to spend a little time catching up on our our viewing habits in a segment we call what you watching oh that sounds good hell yeah oh i liked that that is awesome we're slowly becoming broadcast professionals. Yes, we are. And very, at a very slow rate. Yeah. But we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. We're working <laughs> on the beats, okay? <laughs> it takes lots of shows, 40 episodes, to find two phrases to say repeatedly. Exactly. So, uh, but the question does still hold true. What have you what you been watching, man? What have I been watching? I have been watching... 
little, I must say. Um, it's been a much lighter TV week for me than usual. You could have completely just ran with that because you said, I've been watching little. And I was about to go like, what's that? Yep. Like, that's the landscape. Uh, Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal have a running joke on on the Bill Simmons podcast um, of just like them making up a show. It's like, yeah, have you uh, heard the new one with uh, Stanley Tucci and and uh, America Ferrara? It's only uh, uh, this is <laughs> one that Cousin Sal specifically used. It's like, yeah, it's only streaming at uh, uh, the TV screens at Shell gas stations. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> apparently, apparently it's great. This pilot can only be seen in the back of a taxi cab. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, actually, I have not been watching a lot. I should have watched more. But um, I have been talking to some coworkers about some very interesting shows. Mm -hmm. uh, the top of that list, I don't know if you've heard of this or seen any of it. I believe it's called uh, Telenovela, and it stars... Um, Eva Longoria, Eva right? Longoria yeah. as an actress on a Spanish uh, soap opera, telenovela, who does not speak Spanish. That, that's the premise? That is like the premise. And I guess it is this, her sort of adventure into, or may, I, you know, of course she's Ava Longoria, but so it's like this sort of, this sort of cultural mix of like, well, well, you're Hispanic, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, and you're an actress. Oh, yes, but you can't speak Spanish? No, no, not at all. But they still go on making the show. Right. I am told, it's very funny. Because I remember the only experience I have with that show is it being advertised heavily during the Golden Globes, which I watched, which are dumb. Yeah, um, pretty bad. But it's a fun it's a fun party to watch. Like mm -hmm. they don't broadcast many parties. No, and much less parties with celebrities. So that's fun. Anyway, uh, I remember seeing the commercial of that and not being particularly moved by it. Yeah, uh, they also really really. Uh, try to shove down our throats. That um, that what was it? The it's like the the Costco sitcom with America Ferrara. I guess that's why she was on the mind. It's like Superstore or whatever it's called. Unpacked. I don't know. It might as well be. It's called um, um, Clean Up on Aisle Five. <laughs> uh, it's called <laughs> Mega Mart. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's about a uh. A woman who, who works at a Costco and comes home to a family of 36 called Bought in Bulk. Because <laughs> she married into the family. Yeah. Um, of 36? Of 36. It's fucked Jesus up. Jesus Christ. That's like a... That's like a... What is that called? Well, it's not all children. It's like, you know, like... Uh, it's like... Uh, you. Uh, you know how like the McAllisters lived in Home Alone? Like it was like yes. everyone living under one roof or whatever. I mean it was yeah. a big house, but mm -hmm. and that may not have been the case. Like they may have just had like Uncle Frank and all them just staying over for the flight the next day. Yes. But in my mind, that whole family was just staying like they all just lived in that house. Because that was a huge fucking house. Right. It was. That was like a um, you know, thirteen bedroom house. Yeah. Yeah. I still but that was only like maybe twenty people. Sure, sure. I just want to know what a 36-member family... It's like the genealogy trees in Idiocracy, where yeah. you see it, like, explode. Yeah. Um, I I read that a TV show that I was very much anticipating uh, has been paused in production. Yeah, I just saw that today. Yeah. Uh, Westworld? Yeah. Yeah, so Westworld, based on the fucking awesome cult 1970s science fiction movie, the same name, 
which was also, I believe, directed by Michael Crichton, yeah, uh, I think I the Jurassic Park yeah. author. Um, that has been paused. They said it was for the showrunners to sort of fix up some scripts, like the final two episodes. It does sound like they're in the middle of it, so they have filmed a bunch of it, but for whatever reason, production has halted on that show. That's also apparently not the only HBO show that's like going through some shit, too. Like That's uh, in production, so that's kind of weird. Okay. Um, this is also another random thought, but just since we're talking about HBO shows, uh, and they're working on season two of Ballers, and I enjoyed the first season, the, the, the show... That's Entourage adjacent, but with The Rock. Yes. And Rob Corddry. Um, and it's all about this ex-football player who's like becoming like a money manager for football players and an asset manager. Um, but like, I just was thinking about the show the other day, just like in my free time. I'm just like, I wonder how next season of Ballers is going to be. Mm-hmm. Not like, I need to consolidate my student loans. You know, <laughs> these are where my priorities lie. I was just thinking, like, they should shift, they should pivot that show because it was a good show. I think it would be better and more interesting because the stories are more rich when you hear about, like, stories and rumors and all that shit. To, like, focus on basketball. Yeah. Like, that's a much more, also, a much more title appropriate fucking show at that point. But, yeah, man, if you just, like, follow some of, like, the, the fringe stories about the NBA, like, these people are fascinating. Oh, yeah, especially. Today, I mean, they, yeah. I just feel like this season more than ever, or more than any before, has brought out so many un-game-related stories. <laughs> like, yeah, nothing to do with them playing basketball. No. Like, the, all you can literally rip the show from the headlines. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think the one that made me think of it, and this will actually date how long ago I've been, how long I've been thinking about this for. But you see that you saw the story about uh, the fish tank that Jimmy Butler had made, yeah. right? Yes, I did. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, he had a custom fish tank. I think it was for like an Animal Planet show. Uh, but nevertheless, he had a custom fish tank made that's like a fish tank plus speakers. Yeah. So that his quote unquote fish could be bumping. Like that's a purchase that Jimmy Butler makes in the show that has The Rock go like, Jimmy, what the fuck? Was it Jimmy Butler too who talked about removing the rear view mirror from his car. I, I have not heard about that. I don't know if it was Jimmy Butler or somebody else, but a young player, I think it was Jimmy Butler, talked about, oh, I don't yeah. have the rear view mirror in my car because I'm don't. i not about the past. I don't look <laughs> behind me. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, that's what that show needs to be about is, is, is the goddamn uh, National Basketball Association. And then you don't have to like, skirt around concussions and shit either. Right, right. You know? Oh, God, that'd be so much better. Yeah, that would be um, fucking great. Did oh. you hear about uh, the shit with, between NBC and Netflix? No, what's happening? So at the uh, TV Critics Associations, like, it's sort of, it's like adjacent to like upfronts and shit like that where like all the networks make presentations and shit. Whatever. It's a jerk-off fest. But apparently in the NBC presentation, they um, quoted some some researched numbers of for Netflix as far as like total number of like views and plays and stuff, which is something nobody has because Netflix notoriously keeps those numbers under a strict lock and key. Mm-hmm. Even people that produce content for Netflix don't really get told 
how it, it's doing. Mm. Uh, you know, and really, very rarely have they actually like boasted about something's success. Yeah. Um, and even then, they'll be vague about it and say like, it was our most watched thing ever. Um, so like NBC apparently like hired some firm to like somehow using some like really shady ass methods, like get a number and basically the number, and this is all like ridiculous because when the number comes out to be like comparable to current network television, like, oh, yeah, the show's only doing, like, three million views or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's the same as, like, bad, you know, sitcoms on NBC. Yeah. So, like, see, they're not that great after all. Uh, and then, like, immediately, like, the Netflix head was just like, those are ridiculously inaccurate. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's also like, how, how come you didn't, no. How, how are you going about getting those numbers? Like, you can't. You can't just do that. Exactly. I mean, maybe it's a sort of the uh, the cynicism of of this age, but I don't believe hardly any. The stronger the incentive, the party making the argument has, you yeah. know, to have an agenda. Yeah. It's like I wouldn't fucking believe that in any scenario. Like, yeah. I mean, as any common sense person wouldn't, but it's just like especially numerical data and stuff like that. It's like, Bob, you're fudging anything. It's very easy to juke stats. And yeah, especially for a network that's so desperate. I know. Someone who was just like, yeah, I was thinking about that, especially with all the 30 Rock that I watched and everything. It's just, it's it's so funny to see like a just very outdated, you know, broadcast television. Yeah. It's just, it's like the, it's like the paper mail of entertainment almost. You know what I mean? It's like you guys really need to get it together. We're going to start shutting off NBC on the weekends. Like (laughs) you're not going to be able to watch NBC on a weekend because they don't want to pay for it. And it's going to save taxpayers a ton of money. And you know, um, I remembered something I actually watched. Oh, I watched completely just, uh, you know, with a friend, uh, I watched the first episode I ever saw of Shameless. I saw the season six premiere of the American version of Shameless. The William H. Macy show on yes. Showtime? Yes, that's correct. Uh, I didn't know that you had to specify American version. I always just assumed this was an ongoing show that, has just, for all I know, has always been on the air. Um, I was just said season six. I'm just like, yeah, sure. I was blown away that it was season six i can't remember ever thinking when it started me neither um but i do believe it was based on a a uk show as all shows are um but uh really enjoyed it i really i really did enjoy it um it's a total shit show but um it has a very there's so many like plot threads going on at one time and it is very um mature in that like it's dealing with a lot of stupid drama it was very drama driven but it didn't feel super immature which i liked um it was big shit show i mean all the characters were but that was still pretty awesome it involved one of our number one pet peeves here on this show it is set in canaryville which is on the south side of chicago and it is filmed in Los Angeles. Mm. And I got into a tiff, not a tiff, but I, I kn- immediately knew 
Like my friend told me, oh, it's set in Chicago. Yeah. Immediately, I was like, that's none, that of, none of this is Chicago. Yeah. I looked it up, and I was right. But yeah, what the hell? Just I'm even more forgiving, and this is more common than you even realize. I'm even more forgiving for when shows like shoot in Canada uh-huh. and call it someplace in America. Sure. You know, be it Vancouver. So many movies and shows that you think are set in New York, L.A., Boston, uh, fucking anywhere in America, Chicago, any time period, yeah. all the future. Yeah, yeah. Like it's Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible to think how many shows that are set in different time periods and different locations are all just filmed in Vancouver. Yeah, you know, and and it makes me sad that we see you know American jobs and 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 locales mm-hmm. be mortgaged. But you know what, man? Like, at a certain point, uh, get out of here, LA. I would really love to talk to somebody about, like, the 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 hard numbers of, like, what the tax incentives are to yeah. do it. It's like, are we saving, like, 10% of the budget? Are we saving, like, 70%? You know, it's like, what are the costs that we're avoiding? I also love just kind of, like, being able to, to, to tell that there's, like, been new legislature passed, like, in certain states because, like, the more shit you watch to the ends of the credits, the more you'll see, like, I've been seeing a lot of shows taking place or being filmed in Louisiana lately. Oh, yeah. You know, like, a lot of Georgia. A lot of Georgia. Popping up. A lot of yeah. Georgia. <laughs> so that's just always fun to look out for. Special thanks to, exactly, the yeah. Georgia Film Board, it's Film Board Atlanta. Too. It's like Louisiana and Georgia. Yeah, man. And, and to all the states that have beautiful cities or, or at least, even not beautiful, horrifically disgusting uh, cities, like, give, <laughs> give people the incentive to actually film there. Film in... De- Detroit should charge nobody anything at all to film there. Like, I feel like I saw an article, like, maybe even, like, a year ago or something like that, that was essentially that, like... Detroit was going to offer large tax incentives and breaks and stuff that would like be that great. Film a lot of stuff there. If you film in Detroit, you you are guaranteed three hours with with any of the major sports franchises that are there. You can you can get any of them into your into your program. <laughs> they're they're down. They're down. They're contractually obligated. Um, something I've uh, been watching this week. A couple things. Two th- two big things. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then we can. Uh, make our way to the show that we watched this week. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, and I feel like I'm kind of like late coming in on this, uh, but I started on five episodes in, which means I'm halfway through, of uh, Making a Murderer. Okay, uh, cool. On Netflix, the documentary series about Stephen Avery and the various court cases about how he's been screwed. Mm-hmm. You know anything about making a murderer at all? My sister, Kelly, uh, was here uh, in the latter part of December, early part of January. And Kelly, um, I don't know if she watched the whole thing, but Mm -hmm. did watch a fair amount of it. And I came home a few times and got sucked into it. Um, I only saw later episodes. I did see, like, the actual verdict episodes, like 9 or 10 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and I, so I'd love to hear from someone who has watched uh, full episodes of it, but... Generally, the more everyone is talking about it, the more I have an impulse to just avoid it and let sure. everybody else deal with it. Yeah, which is I I get, but you're also like 
and I do it. I'm guilty of it, but I also uh, feel like you know, if you deprive yourself of that, then uh, you don't. You're not allowing yourself to form an actual opinion mm-hmm. over what's at what everyone else is talking about and gushing about, and whether you like it or not. If you don't watch it and you're and you poo poo it, if you say something, then whatever. But if you do poo poo it, uh, then you're just a hater. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and you know, I haven't heard you say a single thing about it. Yeah, no hating, no hating yeah. toward it. Um, but that happened uh, at work recently. Uh, uh, I was having an AB fucking conversation with somebody <laughs> about Hamilton, uh, and then some fucking big mouth like butted their way into the goddamn conversation. I will ask who this is off the air. Absolutely, I will tell you. I will tell you that. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, and. Um, and so, and then they just basically insert their two cents of just, and I just got so tired of everyone talking about fucking Hamilton that I just couldn't even like deal with it. Fuck that show. Fuck that soundtrack. I'm like, have you listened to it? She's like, no, I can't fucking <laughs> deal with that. I'm like, so you're not going to like listen to it and form your own goddamn opinion. She's like, I just can't fucking deal with everybody just liking it so much. It's like, you have, then you have no, never mind. I'm not going to, I'm gonna this is for me taking the high road i'm taking the high road and i'm also just not gonna get frustrated because if i continue down this road i'm gonna like pull my hair out oh absolutely whereas if i don't and i just ignore you then you're just a, a a piece of shit being ignored man what an amateur hater you got to know you got to know the subject to hate if you're gonna hate on something consume it to be able to back it up. It's the only reason I fucking saw Twilight so I can make fun of it in improv shows. Don't hate the product. Hate the love. Hell yeah. You got to hate people's love for it. And you have to. You And if you don't know, well, Rich loves him some Hamilton. God damn it, do I. Uh, uh, everybody does. Yeah. That's the thing. You're not the is only it, one. Is if she fucking <laughs> listened to it, she would, she'd get it. It's, it's, it's unassailable. Roger Goodell. Commissioner of the NFL has been cited and documented as seeing it multiple times. That is fantastic. Yeah. I couldn't think of a better outside party to yeah. endorse your product. So, uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> it's insane, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, like Benjamin Netanyahu has flown to New York City <laughs> to watch Hamilton. I have, uh, this is another thing. I have not listened to any of it. Right. It's almost, I'm not saving myself, but. When I do, I will, I'll probably do it along with you. Yeah. And like, there's a difference between like skepticism mm-hmm. and just like, fuck everybody. They all can't be right. And I'm not going to let them be right. Right. Cause you're just living a life of hate and it's building inside you as a, as a, a charred, hard blackness inside oh. you. And I, it's what's going to kill you. It will, it will turn into cancer and kill yeah. you. Yeah. Like, medically speaking. Yeah. It's like, I can't, I can't like totally show you evidence, but it's like I think we're we're pretty much in agreement that 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 does happen. Yeah. So anyway, Megan a murderer. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I'm sort of coming at this the same way I came at Serial because you could draw a lot of comparisons between the two as far as like how much the public have gotten into it and like all of the. <clears throat> homework that's been done yes about it all the other independent studies that were inspired yeah i will say the third thing that i never got into at all yeah and the only one that i probably my instincts 
probably would let me hate on. Because like, it was just like, Cereal? it's like no one had ever heard of a fucking podcast before. It's like, oh, okay, great. Okay, so there we go. I'm done. Go for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm approaching it the same way in that I'm just like tricking myself uh, into watching this as scripted fiction. Uh, because otherwise, like after it ends, there's still things that happen. And like I'll see people post on Facebook about like here's all the shit they left out, mm-hmm. and here's the attorneys, uh, you know, defending the shit that was left out or whatever. And just like you can go back and you can keep, go back and forth like this for fucking ages. Mm-hmm. I just want to watch it up until it's over. Uh, and also like if you don't watch it under the assumption that this came from someone's imagination, it's horrifying, it's terrifying, it's soul crushing, it's depressing, it's. Uh, uh, really just bleak to think that this kind of thing could actually happen. Yeah. I think uh, it's it, kudos to you for being an educated enough viewer to go into it with that mentality. Uh, I've heard uh, foremost on Adam Carolla's show, but people are bringing attention to the fact that um, documentaries, this one in particular, but sort of the broader thing, it's like they're becoming very agenda-based, you know, where... And that the the way you refer to it is that you have to understand that someone someone is sort of guiding this story and making a story out of it. I'm really glad you brought that up uh-huh. uh, because people, for whatever reason, seem to confuse documentary filmmaking with journalism and the news. Yeah, they are different mm-hmm. in journalism and the news you have a moral obligation to present both sides of the story in a fair, balanced, and unbiased, subjective way. Yes. In a documentary, you are a filmmaker crafting a story, a narrative, based on real people, events that have happened, but you're not bound to... Tell both sides of the story. You are, if it is completely up to the filmmaker, documentaries are written. And it is up to the filmmaker to tell, to to make you feel however they want to make you feel. They are inherently subjective. Yeah. Inherently. And, 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 and that's a a problem because there are less educated people or not even less educated people or, or, or viewers, but people that just kind of, you know, just by simple presentation being similar or whatnot, or just because it is a real, they're seeing real people. Mm -hmm. They think that it's like the news, but like they are not bound to that at all. They could tell whatever story they can cobble together with the footage that they have garnered. Totally. And actually to probably to revise something I just said earlier, um, it is not, necessarily at all a new thing because one of the only things i had to you know had to sort of (laughs) take the corolla task corolla crew to task for was that uh bald brian mentioned nanook of the north Mm -hmm. uh one of the oldest first documentaries made i think in the you know the 20s something like that about a inuit you know eskimo native american um as far back as that they it's 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 documented that there were subjective decisions made to portray him in an even more, you know, rural, you know, um, 
just rustic lifestyle. Yeah. And that, that like that wasn't the whole truth. And it never is. So yeah. like you said, it's uh, you know, what you're what we're aiming for or what we're envisioning is like is is good journalism. When in fact this is this is closer to entertainment than it is right. to journalism. It's it's infotainment, basically. Infotainment. Because yeah, it, it'll you know, it'll they can serve a very large social purpose in highlighting something, a, a travesty that you otherwise would not have known, mm-hmm. uh, such as like the cove or whatever, you know, or the cove or any number of things, you know. Um, I'm not a big Michael Moore fan or whatever, but like, you know, how many things do you think he leaves out that don't support his story but yep. are true, you know? Um, but yeah, so. They're important in that they can help highlight, you know, some important things, but they're not gospel. They're no. they're basing a story. Absolutely. I was just sort of smiling to myself at the thought of doing a documentary in this very serious style on a subject not at all demanding this seriousness. Like the um, what came to my mind was when Hostess shut down. And then when they someone bought and reopened and re and started yeah. doing hostess again, that, that'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> that'd be that would probably because there's there's a story there. Yeah, there's an inherent story there. And be like, these the are not the climax. You know, there's Twinkies, but these aren't the same Twinkies. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Christ. I mean, have you ever seen King of Kong? Oh yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. It's but it's not about anything important at all. No, but it's about this like, you know subsection of society that you had no idea existed before mm-hmm. and it just puts a light on it and it just gets to show you these people that really exist but yeah. like even then you know i'm sure the makers like they had to have a villain mm-hmm. was billy mitchell as bad of a guy as they made him out to be maybe maybe not mm-hmm. you know exactly as far as just your your personal feelings toward it how are you liking it you know what about it is is drawing you in what about it is off-putting um there's probably a lot of off-putting but there's again, a lot of off-putting things there but uh there's a couple of like very likable characters in the prosecutors uh dean strang and uh uh jerry bunt uh, uh budding um b-u-t-i-n-g so the prosecutors or the uh, no, no, the, def- the, the defense attorneys. Sorry. Okay. Cool. Um, and like they're articulate, they're charming, they're 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 fast thinking. Um, you know, Jerry Budding like sounds like Tarantino a little bit, and so like I always get into like a Tarantino frame of mind. Nice. Uh, whenever and like Dean Strang, whenever you're just hearing his voice, kind of sounds like Saul Goodman, and it's like cool just to like play with those characters. Sure. In your head. I did. I felt kind of like a root, but actually, after like ten minutes of watching, I was like, "I want to be a defense attorney." Yeah, they but you do. You're like, yeah, and they're fighting the good fight, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this!" Yeah, and those guys are awesome. Um, and like all the you know, cops and and prosecutors and you know everyone who's like really fucking you know like supposedly framing Stephen Avery and and really sticking it to him, like they seem like pieces of shit. Like, I watch them, and despite, like, you know, the defense also being white, I watch them and go, fuck white people. Oh, yeah. Because it's all white people. Because it's Wisconsin. It's, like, it's garbage Wisconsin. <laughs> There's a lot of, you know, like, people think that, like, redneck America is, is the South. Is confined to the South or, the, nah. or Appalachia. Like, man, 
the the rural Midwest can just pull out some fucking characters yeah. on you. Minnesota, all rednecks, all just very weird. Yeah, just uneducated people. <laughs> yeah, they elected Jesse Ventura. <laughs> yep, they did for governor. Um, so it's just like it's it's spectacle in that way too mm-hmm. to just watch like these backwoods people. You know, in this compelling story, you know, and it's it, it's a well constructed documentary series, and they've been fucking working on it for decades. So yeah, you know, they're having their cake. Yeah, well, um, and you know, it's like you said, you know, like Hamilton, you are far from alone, and just it's it's a huge thing right now. Yeah, well, it's also good. Like, I'll I don't do this on purpose, but I find myself whenever there is a big cultural zeitgeist sort of thing, I find myself like getting to it. Several weeks after it had passed. Oh yeah, and you need to for your yeah. short form. You really do. I, yeah. I'm joking, but I'm not. But not. Yeah. But also, like, it helps <coughs> that it kind of calms down and kind of view it through. Like, all right, everyone is super hyped up. How is it? Right. Oh, it was really good. Yeah. Shit. All right. Yeah. Cool. And I was like, yeah, it was, it was fine. Um, but yeah. Uh, and again, just like they do a pretty good job of story and, and every episode leaves on a fucking cliffhanger, which helps the, the binge ability of it. Um, I thought the opening was very much like Walking Dead. You know, uh, my girlfriend Katie says it was very much. I agree with you that it was Walking Dead, but she keeps like maybe it might be the music equating it to like Game of Thrones, which I would just love to see a Game of Thrones style opening uh, over Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, the other show. I've been watching. I just, you know, watch a, a couple episodes just randomly because um, Katie has it on DVD. Uh, was of, do you remember a an animated series uh, back in the 90s starring uh, John Lovitz in The Critic? Yes, I do. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of The Critic lately. Nice. And it's just as good as I remember. Uh, originally having watched it uh, during its like back-to-back Air, uh, airings on Comedy Central, it would be The Critic and then Duckman. Yep, that's right. And uh, But yeah, man, I remember loving the show then and re-watching it now. That show fucking, not only does it hold up, like a lot of the jokes are still relevant today. Yeah. And yeah, you see a lot of, we say the same thing about another animated series that we'll probably end up talking about later, but you see a lot of the techniques and joke styles used in shows that got a lot more fucking credit for it today, like Family Guy and, you know, all the McFarlane shows and That's right. Even South Park. Now that I think about it, yeah. it's been a long time since I've seen it. I definitely need to watch rewatch it. Funny enough, in my apartment building there's you know, as there are in lots of apartment buildings, kinda of like a communal area area for books or whatever. <laughs> there was a DVD set of the critic that was eyeing me for the longest time. Dude, pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a damn good watch. I mean, John Lovitz uh, would be, again, I always, ever since, uh, I don't know who the first to do it was, but, you know, the the star power and the charisma of Baldwin on 30 Rock, I always like to imagine shows and, and who would be another good candidate for that. And kind of the way, like, you know, again, like an NBA team's wooing, like, a superstar onto yeah. their roster. Like, you could you could have some show and then get John Lovitz to do it. Like for like a season, or as like the second or third main character, yeah. it would probably kick ass. 
I it is no secret that I absolutely love John Lovitz. He's great. He he has my favorite uh, best of SNL DVD. He it, like he's secretly not not like I said not so secretly. He's like easily top five SNL cast members of all time for me personally. Um, yeah, he's just got these like between his very unique voice and just like these qualities to him. I don't know. He's 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 more versatile than you think. And whatever, I don't give a shit if I take any heat for this or whatever. But I fucking love Lovitz, and he's great. I want to see him more. He makes shit like shittier things not as shitty. Um, yes, and, he does. That's yeah. a great way to put it. Like he was in that movie, the shitty movie, The Benchwarmers. And anytime he was on screen, I was like. We're doing, we're doing, we're, it's going to be all right. This is fine. Yeah. So, uh, God, but, but that's not even the case for the critic because it's a great show that he, you know, elevates with him and it's fucking awesome. Is Pamela Adlon the, the voice of like his? No. No. The voice of his son is Christine Cavanaugh. Oh yeah? Yeah. Who I think last year, uh, passed. I think mm-hmm. it, it was suicide, right? It was it was young, and yeah. I don't recall reading it was that, but I it was sudden and young yeah. and seemed dark. Yeah, um, but you know she was the voice of Tommy Pickles. She was the voice of she was the voice Her, of like half the Nicktoons. She was, I believe, she was Chucky because I believe Ch- E.G. Oh, E.G. Okay. Daily. You're right, was you're right. She was Chucky. Yeah, um, and Dexter. Oh. Dexter. Yeah. Oh, she, yeah, she's done a million voices. Right. Um, and so she's in a, uh, it was a, a Gracie Films show. Uh, so there was a lot of Simpsons uh, uh, voice talent on there. Uh, Nancy Carroy was a regular voice on there. Uh, there was a few episodes with Dan Castanaletta uh, on there. Um, yeah, good stuff. Definitely not, you know, obviously never as, as famous. <laughs> but now that, again, we're going through my memory, seem to be a lot of, what's, what's the name of John Lovett's character on The Critic? Do you know? Jay Sherman. Jay Sherman. A lot of Jay Sherman, Homer Simpson similarities. A lot yeah. of like fantasizing about, you know, pleasures. Well, there was a there was a, a costume party in one episode where he went as Homer Simpson. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they, they don't shy away from that stuff at all. Yeah. His stomach talks to him like directly. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's great. Oh, God, it's so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, anything else? No, I think that about does it for. Do it. Yeah. So everyone, uh, our selection process changes. Um, it, well, does it change? Well, we do. The, the process doesn't really change, but the source does. Yeah. Uh, week to week, we select the pilot uh, by different means. Uh, we do so by uh, listener picks, uh, randomization, also by <laughs> Rich and I's picks, uh, and this week's pick was Rich's pick, and he selected for us an unaired pilot. Is that correct? That is correct. So um, this is, I don't know if it's a first, but it's definitely more of a a regular uh, occurrence for us. We typically see things that actually got to television, even if they didn't last a full season or a season. So Rich selected for us the CBS pilot of Clerks, based on the Kevin Smith film of the same (laughs) name. Now... Now, I actually don't even know if this got um, a network 
like it got put to network or anything. The only thing I know that because I thought I saw it at, in like the uh, the slate or whatever uh-huh. at the front of it. Okay. Um, but what we're dealing because it was a Touchstone Television uh, okay. production, so they made it. But I don't even know if like what it was meant for. Yeah, because I'm like I did a little bit of research and like there's not even a network affiliated with it. Okay, so wherever it landed or was intended to land, this is 1995. Uh, Clerks came out in 94. Yeah, came out in 94. It was it was shot in like 92, 93. Mm-hmm. Came out in 94. Mm-hmm. Um, when that, how did that really get big? Was that a Sundance thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Kevin Smith, uh, along with, you know, the only other arguable comparison, Quentin Tarantino, the uh, Kevin Smith makes the the video store <clears throat> dream come true. The the was it like the film the video clerk film school. It is like Quentin Tarantino and Smith are the only graduates. Just an indie movie. Yeah. Right place, right... It's not, a, it's not at all a bad movie. Great movie, but definitely right place, right time. Uh, this film is based about the misadventures of two central characters, both clerks at uh, a, a strip at mall. a convenience store yeah. and a uh, video store. Yep. Uh, Dante and Randall. That's right. And uh, yeah, just again, just misadventures of a couple slackerish characters. Yeah. So, uh, this pilot, 22-minute pilot, um, I don't know whose idea this was, but they thought it would be a great idea for a show, and so this is a multi-cam sitcom. Yes, it is. Boy, is it. Is it ever. Uh, yeah, so basically from the research that I did, because this, fa- this is fascinating. Yeah. I am, am a... Am a, a, a not as much as I used to be, but I used to be really into Kevin Smith. Sure. Um, you know, from everything from the movies, the podcast, the website. Never really went on the message board that much. But I thought that I pretty much knew most everything there was to know about, you know, uh, 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 the, the, the origin stories, if you were. Absolutely. Uh, and just the canon. You know, yeah. the Smith canon is pretty tight. Yeah. You know, and, and you would think you'd know. Every entry into it. He doesn't have a problem talking about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's told the story of how they made Clerks a million times and all the stuff that, like, you know, from Clerks to Mall Rats, from Mall Rats uh, to Chasing Amy to, uh, you know, from one thing to the next. Um, and, you know, obviously knew there was an animated series that came out around, like, two, uh, 2000. <coughs> all right. You got there, buddy? Uh, excuse me. That's all right. We're Thank both you. we're both just sound like garbage. Yeah, so, we sound pretty bad right now. Um, but I never heard even an inkling of there being a Clerks live action sitcom. Neither have I. We will probably get to this again later on as we continue to discuss. But there's a there was an animated TV show. Yeah, uh, based on Clerks. Yeah, yeah. You know, so again, like knowing that this this central Clerks one has been farmed out. Four other properties. I also I had never heard of this sitcom pilot. Yeah, and apparently that like there had only been like small clips, like like three minute clips of the episode, like that would pop up on the internet every now and then. Hmm. Uh, up until about a year ago, January 2015, when the whole episode found its way onto like vid.me, and now it's on YouTube. Okay, as was linked last week in the pitch. Um, so like this only just surfaced, um, which is insane. Yeah. Like it's, 
I, I was having this conversation with somebody recently. Like, it's once you see like what someone will title a rare photo of whatever on the internet, it is no longer a rare photo. No, it is now on the internet. It will live there and it will be duplicated in perpetuity, basically. Yeah, for sure. So this was like an amazing find, an amazing treat. To like think, there wasn't even lore of it. To think that a a very geek centric yeah. point of interest could remain largely completely hidden for almost twenty years is pretty mind blowing in the it, it, internet yeah. age. You would at least think with all the Comic Cons that, you know, Kevin Smith would have been associated with and his fan base, there would have been like bootleg tapes. Absolutely. For anyone who has never attended a comic convention or any kind of convention and never really seen this, like back before shit just got dumped online, bootlegging was huge, huge. you know, huge. And, you know, and we're talking, you know, for music, you know, and things like that, but especially at conventions mm -hmm. for rare and obscure, you know, television and film properties. Yeah. Uh, you know, every, like one of the, the, the most famous ones was the, uh, the Star Wars Christmas special, mm -hmm. which you can find online now. No right. problem. Um, but, I remember one that my uncle had was the original like South Park Christmas card, uh, like the video of like Santa versus Jesus. Yep. And like he got that bootlegged at like a, 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 at a, a, a trader's show. I remember uh, the weird things I've seen. I remember seeing somebody splicing together Dark Side of the Moon over the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, back before all the rights got sorted out just this in the past few years, the 1966 Batman, Batman series. It's yes. so like because these things, there was no internet to find them on and they weren't otherwise available. It had to live on the underground. Shit was way cooler in some ways, obviously, it's a blanket statement. But in some ways, like the, just the, I don't know, the journey of finding certain things yeah. was way more fulfilling before the internet. Well, and it's still, I mean, it's become easier depending on how you go about things. But, like, that still does exist with some material things like, you know, uh, vintage toys or certain comic issues that, you, like, people don't just put up online yeah you know like and even then like you can still find these things hidden for like a buck when they're worth 500 mm -hmm. you know in stores and shit that's a big thing is it's really them finding them in spite of yeah the information the search has become there. much more uh uh like when you find it and, and you really find it mm -hmm. you know you're not going to a collector store and paying what you would pay right you, you find it Yes, and that doesn't happen with with media anymore. Right. Whereas there used to be a world that it did. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, that said, this whole thing was so bad. Like, there's a reason. Turns out there was a reason. Touchstone, like, buried this deep beneath the earth. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate this show. It was bad, man. It was. Uh, it got. I, I, I'll tell you. I'll. I, I will say this. By the end of the episode, the veil of clerks had sort of washed away, 
And if they weren't just trying to use that, you know, hot Kevin Smith IP, yep. maybe there would have been something there. Uh, and I actually, I watched it again before he got here just to brush myself up. And again, <laughs> like, I liked it a little bit more upon a second viewing. Um, but it was rough. Like, for it trying to be a clerk's pilot, what do it you, was rough. What do you, okay. Uh, for a moment, if we can, which we really can't because it is, it's an IP, but. Okay, what what is the weakest, because I'm not saying at all that you're you're wrong. I think I might disagree a little bit, but what is the, the worst part of this? Oh boy. Um, a lot of the writing was really, really bad. Um, like those jokes at the beginning with, with Carrie Russell (laughs) in the cold open about tanning, like just straight up didn't make sense. Like the jokes weren't jokes. Um, the acting was also like, uh, I don't know who the guy was that played Dante Hicks, but they got Jim Brewer before he got yes. on SNL. Also adding to, be, to the reason why it's so weird we hadn't heard of this before. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie Russell and Jim Brewer were in this thing. Yeah. Uh, and and Jim Brewer played uh, Randall Graves. Um, the more cocky and sort of devil-may-care of the two. Yes. Uh, Randall is... is characterizes that Dante is always characterized as kind of like the worry worry wart the mm. you know it's like I don't know the playing the, it safe kind of playing it safe the yeah. kind of Eeyore almost character yeah where uh, uh that kind of like you know feels like he should have more but like isn't doing anything to get it whereas Randall's just like yeah no I don't want to fucking I don't want to do anything so I'll do this and he's I'll like be happy. A, he's a like a lazy anarchist yeah he's just he's like ah oh, whatever fuck it um so the writing was really bad with the exception of of Jim Brewer who I think was pretty stellar and did make me laugh out loud oh, several yeah. times. Jim Brewer was I mean my favorite part of this for sure. He was definitely the MVP of this episode. Definitely the, the, the shining show. star of this. Yeah. <coughs> um like it was just pro- and also the way it was shot like I caught a couple booms in the shot. Oh yeah, for sure. Um you know, just it was just kind of hard to watch. I kind of wish we could do all right. I, I totally, it's so incredibly kind of dated and formulaic, but what some part of me doesn't want to say that the writing was the worst part. <laughs> I think the acting was the worst part of this. Sure. Um, I, I'll agree with either one, <laughs> honestly. I think the acting was very bad, and I think, I think. Even if everything else had worked, what torpedoes this whole thing is a guy who plays Dante. He was absolutely terrible. Also, though, not helping matters was the character that they just created of the ice cream shop clerk. Yes. Todd? Like something? Kind of like breaking off a part of Randall, but then like the worst part and like exaggerating it kind of needlessly completely unnecessary yeah just added it was just literally just fodder um you know they tried to basically there was no jay and silent bob in this uh for reasons of uh kevin smith owned the character rights to jay and silent bob Uh, so he put the kibosh on that good on you and so instead of being a jay and silent bob uh who was jay became ray 
the guy who's trying to shoplift all the time at the store. Ah. Um, and even he had kind of a decent moment uh, towards the end, like his last thing where Dante leaves the store and he's like, you're in charge now. He's like, what? Yeah. Uh, but even then, like, it's so hard to do these things without, like, to stay, like, even a sliver of true to the to the source material, like, it's so hard to do it without, you can still do it. Like, there was no, like, innuendo or, you know, like, real essence of the characters, you know, the closest thing it was was just a joke ripped straight from the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, your first scene in the video store, Jim Brewer is doing the thing where he's checking the lady out with with her tapes and giving away the endings as he's ringing them up, mm-hmm. and yes. she gets p- pissed and leaves. Um, there's some really interesting things about like the the background of this because you mentioned how bad Dante was. Yes, and in the original Clerks, you know. It was all Kevin Smith's friends and sure. like local theater, you know, like, yeah, like just like local theater performers and stuff. And they weren't great, but they were the characters that we, that we know as them now. Yeah. That's really important is that that is, that was them, you know, yeah. it's like. And uh. so, all right, some, some background on this. Um, Man, so some TV executives at Touchstone decided that they wanted to turn the, the 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 movie that they had property to that they had the rights to into a show. This was decision was made while Kevin Smith was making Mall Rats. He wasn't even in the room. He had nothing to do with it. He heard about it later. Um, yeah, he wasn't even informed of the filming of the pilot. Apparently, you know, this is the internet. Uh, Brian O'Halloran, Dante, and Jeff Anderson, Randall, auditioned for this. That's the best. Yeah. See, this is what I would love to see done in, like, Clerks 3, is Dante and Randall auditioning to play Dante and Randall yeah. and not getting selected to do it. <laughs> that, <laughs> That's, like, perfect. That almost happened in Mallrats, too. Uh, they wanted to replace Jay... Do you, have you ever heard this? No. Who they wanted? They wanted to replace Jay with Seth Green. They wanted Seth Green to play Jay. Wow. Yeah. Like no one else is Jay. No, it's Jason Mewes. Yeah, that's Jay. Like <laughs> you're completely rewriting history and like, oh my god. But yeah, man. Um. Uh. So yeah. God, that was. I swear, like I've seen that before. That that setup, but how hilarious would that be? Like Dante and Randall trying to like cold read. In a in a convenience store, it's like, no, I just didn't like it. Like, I am this person. <laughs> like, this is me. This is me. <laughs> this, how can I not be this person? <laughs> um, I've already played the part, too. Yeah. Like, I'm established as this. Uh, this is, you can't just go and give it yeah. away. Uh, so, also, I guess after production, like, was started, um... Kevin Smith did write a, 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 an episode for the show um, if it were to get picked up, uh, which was completely <laughs> shot down. And he actually used it. It doesn't say here which one it was, but he did use it for an episode of, of Clerks the Animated Series. Awesome. What I hope it is, is the episode with all the flashbacks. Do you know which one I'm talking about? It's been so long since I've seen There's an episode where they get those. like stuck in the, the freezer. And so they, it's just like, 
a flashback episode where they flashback to episodes that haven't happened ever. <laughs> and it's great. It's a great episode. I all I can remember. I think they flash. Do they flash back to them doing like the Batman wall walk? Yeah. yeah. And then the the potted plant fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh well yeah, it's just it's just a bizarre it's a completely bizarre thing that the way it was went about, like it's no surprise that it just it didn't turn out that great. That's why I mean, and I, apparently this will never go away because any any talented person that I've ever listened to on any media um, just relays these horror stories of working with executives and producers who, again, these are proven talented people. Yeah, yeah. whether it's. Kevin Smith or Corolla or somebody else or Louis C.K. or whatever. And just the way that it seems to be changing now uh, yeah, with networks like FX and, you know, or, or whether it's Netflix or whatever, you know, we're slowly starting to finally realize that, like, hey, these talented people probably know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. So why don't we just provide them the resources, let them work, and then we'll distribute the product. But, like, the, whatever this 100-year span from, like, the beginning of film to right now, it's just horror stories of people destroying otherwise possibly good content. Yeah. Well, and I feel like 95, too, was, like, right in that prime area of, you know, the the way sitcoms were getting developed. A clerk sitcom happening today wouldn't be nearly as much of a surprise as it was probably back then because then it was more so, like, you know, a comedian getting a tight five together, going on Johnny Carson – and then getting a development deal the next week. Yeah. Um, and whether anything came out of it or not, like they had a development deal. And, you know, again, fucking network notes probably tore it down from the inside. But this was like that era where it's like, yeah, no, there was no like creative. There was no, it was all like built from networks. It's just like a lot of. Like between the 80s and 90s, I feel like that's what it was. I don't... And a few things slipped through the cracks. Yeah. It's just insane. And I want to be clear. I mean, this this product, it sucks. And I'm not defending it as it not sucking at all. But um, but it's strange. The only thing about the, the writing, that there, there were little witticisms that I enjoyed. I mean, certainly the... Uh, <sighs> The story and stuff is is nothing to really brag about, but little things like when Rand or when Dante was talking to his dad, who again not a great performance at all, mm. but certain things uh, that I that I enjoyed. Um, so obviously Jim Brewer, our MVP, our LVP, Dante dude. He was he like the whole show has to ride on his back, and he just like he's not the guy for it. No good. I was thinking too uh, just about. And I, I don't know how much how much growth is seen in in Clerks One. Clerks Two is fantastic, by the way. When Rich oh, and I were living so together, I watched Clerks Two for the first time. <laughs> and um maybe next to well, I haven't seen Red State and Tusk and things like that, but maybe next to Dogma, probably my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Uh Clerks Two just excellent. Um but the the reason I like Clerks Two so much is there's an incredible character arc in that movie. Or if not character arc, at least uh, the, revel- like the, the demonstration of deeper emotion. And I forget where we were talking about this or where I heard this, but sitcoms inherently 
cannot change that much. Yeah. You have to always, like, you can't kill off Randall and the pilot because mm-hmm. you need him for the rest of the series. So that uh, criticism of sitcoms is, like, or the challenge is how do we tell compelling stories or talk about character knowing that nothing can ever really change yeah. that much. And I think that maybe the inherent flaw in this idea is that, I don't know, it's like you're, I don't know. It's like we can't can't tell a different story ever. Yeah. Well, also the weird thing about that, because that is 100% true, because it is a business model. The only time anything can change is when uh, something happens behind the scenes, such as like, contractual things yeah to where like you're never getting rid of a character for creative reasons you're doing it because of contractual reasons yeah um you know which are is is you have to be a bizarre situation but yeah um man it's it's it really is just a, a fucking weird thing that happened yeah it's such a weird it's weird it is weird um it's a whole weird tale how would you real quickly how would you like what is fixable about this? I mean, oh, how do you fix uh, it? Uh, real quick, one thing that I uh, also just remembered was, because um, you brought up Clerks too. very interesting. Who knows if it was like a subliminal thing or like something that was just like lodged in the back of his head. Uh, the other character, there's a character in the show that comes uh, back from their past that Dante went to high school with, uh, who's like just graduated college, getting a really good job at a law firm, comes back to like see like, Holy shit, so you are here. You know, that kind of thing. There's a character just like that in Clerks 2, played by Jason Lee. That's Lance right. Lance Douds. Um, and it's heightened a lot more, but it's like, I just had to come here because I heard you two fucks were still here. You're right. Um, which is like, that happened. I'm like, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and not a bad idea to take away. Like, there, I'm sure there were plenty of nuggets that you could like mine from here that are good ideas for these characters, but again, just shoddy implementation um, and execution. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah, fucking man, just <clears throat> Brewer. I feel like we got to talk a little bit more about Jim Brewer. We do. We owe it to him uh, because he. Never really reached his full potential. And in this show, you could just kind of see him as this raw, uncrafted talent. This is before he got on SNL. And him just, like, trying to do the best he can with whatever like whatever he had. Like, he was fucking giving it his all. And it didn't always hit, but it didn't always miss. Mm-hmm. And when it hit it fucking like gave you a belly laugh and it struck, mm-hmm. you know, but like you got to give him credit. There were just some garbage lines. Sometimes he had, and he committed the fuck out of them. Yeah, he did. He commitment is the word. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think probably inspired by this. I was listening to some, he has a, some stand up on Spotify. Yeah. I was listening to it and yeah, I got to say kind of, kind of the same, like, bit of unfulfilled potential there it feels like not to just get on his case or anything but but the the commitment you can still see it's like to these certain whether it's a character or a line like you said and it doesn't always hit but yeah i think it's a there's just something very appreciable about that and i don't think it's it's a knock at all or anything like uh, uh, at least from time's perspective now but like 
you know, coming out of like half baked, you know, they say like 98, 99, like, you know, I'm probably buying some Jim Brewer stock, you know? Sure. Like same thing. Like I'm also probably the guy that's buying like Harlan Williams stock too. And by now my bank is fucking (laughs) six feet under, but do I want to invest in the Chappelle guy? Nah, nah. He'll be an undercover brother, and that'll be it. Don't don't get me wrong. I definitely would have invested in some Chappelle as well. Yeah, oh, he was pretty great. I watched that recently too. I watched uh, Killing Them Softly re- again recently. Yeah, his uh, uh, stand-up special from like '99. Yeah. Oh god damn, so good. Probably got one of my favorite, one of my top ten jokes. Because I got to say, he's not he's not among my favorite stand-ups, but one of his jokes is among my my top five or top 10 jokes. And it's about the uh, women, women dressing provocatively yeah. and dressing as a police officer. Dave Chappelle, the comedian, yeah. dresses as a police officer and yeah. walks down the street and someone comes, oh, officer, thank goodness. Come on, come with me. You got to yep. help me. They're in trouble. They're in yeah. danger. Come on, help. It's a yeah. wow. Just because I'm dressed this way doesn't mean I'm a police officer. Exactly. Uh, relating to, you know, a woman dressing provocatively, uh, you know, titties all popping out of her turtleneck. Yep. Uh, that is fantastic. <laughs> going. And then the woman going like, just because I'm dressed this way does not make me a whore. Mm-hmm. To which the, the whole point punchline of the joke is, it's true. Ladies, just because you dress that way does not make you a whore. Guys, never forget it. It does not make you a whore. But you are wearing a whore's uniform. That is right. And that shit is confusing. Um, I feel like we're way off the topic now. Yeah. Well, not much to talk about here. Any any fix? Like I said, anything you think you could fix? This is this is one where I'm usually all for trying to work something out. I'm not much of a quitter. But I'd probably junk this. I'd yeah. say, you know what? This is there's just some inherent differences between this property and and this format. You know this this way of telling a story that I just don't think are going to work, and it's not worth the time yeah. to invest in it. Um, and I think what helps the, us make that decision is because Clerks the Animated Series did happen, and even though it did get canceled after a few episodes, it's still when you go back and watch those things. It still has the spirit and the feel of Clerks. Yes, the spirit. Uh, Yeah. Like, they're doing insanely wacky things. They're doing cutaways. You know, Alec Baldwin is playing this, like, maniacal real estate developer. Yes. Uh, You know, and it it is wacky, but it still has the feel of that, you know, that hominess of what Clerks was. They were able to capture that. Um which it feels like they weren't even really trying to mm-hmm. in in the show. And yeah. also, man, like they weren't even trying with the establishing shots. Like you'd have the establishing shot and then you'd have like a blatant exterior shot that like doesn't even come close to even trying to match up. Nope. It was just frustrating just from a production standpoint. It was very, very frustrating. Um, but yeah, it is unsalvageable. Um, watch it just for the weird anomaly that it is. Um, vintage Dave Brewer or Jim Brewer, and and just for the fact that it happened, yeah. Watch that. Um, but yeah, like it was very 
correct that this didn't see the light of day yeah. until fucking 20 years later. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. And keep your keep your ear to the ground. It's also, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Obviously, this was made in 95 before <coughs> much of the internet existed. It's definitely VHS quality. So, you know, if you ever get the chance, go poke around and, you know, at a comic convention yeah. or go look at, you know, discover. So if you just inherit some old VHS tapes, look through them. You never yeah. know what you're going to find, you know, whether it's a real old, you know, stand-up set by somebody or a pilot or whatever it is, you know, so. Or some disturbing family secrets. Yeah, some real bad stuff. Maybe something that's going to flip the whole making a murder case on its head. Holy shit. That'd be not that happen. That'd be crazy. So, um, yeah, can't pick it up. Not yeah. going to be able to. Do uh, I don't think uh, so. Was Dante your LVP? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. Totally weak sauce right there. Cool. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks so much for hanging in there with us. If you listened to the elevator pitch last week and watched along with us, we sincerely do appreciate it. Um, do we know the selection method for next week? Just curious. Uh, I think it's uh, your pick. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. You know, this show is a great source of uh, fun and achievement for Rich and I, but it's really nothing without you guys listening. We love to hear your feedback about anything at all, whether you agree with us or disagree with us. And so there's a number of ways that you can get in touch with us. You can always send us an email if you want. Uh, email us at pickeduppodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching Picked Up Podcast. And pretty much our favorite way, uh, you can tweet at us. You can tweet at us at Picked Up Pod. And let us know, again, what you thought, what you liked, what you didn't like. Also, if you are ever interested in suggesting a show for us, we would love that. We do have a little bit of procedure. Rich, would you like to tell us? <clears throat> uh, certainly, as soon as I'm done coughing up a lung. Um, head on over to iTunes, man. Leave us a review or wherever it is that you do get your podcast from. Leave us a review, uh, and not only will we read it on air, if you so choose to see fit, um, but it will automatically uh, uh, enter. It'll it'll make you eligible yes. to suggest a show, and you would suggest a show on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com, search Pick the Podcast, and post it to our page, what you'd like to, us to watch and talk about, and uh, and... And we take that and we put that into the queue. Absolutely. And we keep stressing this. And no one has capitalized on it yet. We will we will read it on air. Uh, also, I think I said, and I will reaffirm that I will shotgun a beer. Like, True. Were, were there conditions? Or did I just say I would do it? Yeah, it was like, just <laughs> sweet and Just ask me like, to. Hey, shotgun a beer, asshole. And I'll and he'll do it. do it. He'll record it. And he'll do it. Come on. <laughs> Fucking... I'm furious that this has not occurred yet. Uh, so also, um, uh, uh, somebody did take full advantage of the um, of the uh, reading a review uh, stipulation on Podswoggle recently. Oh yeah, I I I need to copy and paste the full selection to see how many words it was. It was lengthy. Okay, it was. Fucking hilarious. It was well written. It was amazing. Um, even if you're not into uh pro wrestling, go check out um uh last week's episode of Podswoggle and fast forward towards the end to just listen to that. It's insane. I will definitely do that. And you should too. Please take the opportunity to check out 
all the shows on the Arcade Audio Network, not just us here at Picked Up, but a variety of quality entertainment, uh, the flagship program podcast, a wrestling Podswoggle, I'm sorry, a wrestling <laughs> podcast with entertainment, as well as one of our sister shows, Married with Movies with Mullet and Sam. In addition to that, uh, a new addition, but no less loved, Dilettante Ball <laughs> with good friends and partners in crime, uh, Johnny O'Mara and Spencer Hamilton. Uh, in addition to that, another uh, good family friend. I just love how much a, this network is a family. Uh, Rudy Mendoza's produced... Our Father podcast, a a uh, Catholic confessional podcast uh, with with many a strange tale. Yeah. Um, what else we got in there? Is that uh, That's also blank slate? Blank slate. Every once in a while, there's blank slate coming out. Probably more as uh, you know we start to heat up into March Madness and yep. some of the other sports playoffs. So there are tons of shows that you should be listening to. Uh, please check them all out at arcadeaudio.net. Yes, sir. Hot promos, dog. Hell yeah. Oh, thank you, buddy. Uh, as far as uh, personal ones, would you like to give out your personal yeah, contacts? Yeah, hit me up on uh, Instagram, RichCami4, Twitter, RichCami, and uh, you can follow me on the Snappy Snaps, uh, GarlicNot44. Heck yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the newly rechristened rbravo, rbravo. You can find me on Instagram at real.rob.bravo, and find me on Snapchat at robpbr. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that'll do it uh, for us here. Um, hey, uh, who are you hoping that you draw this Sunday Ooh, for the drinking game? Because I know how you love to get them winners. Uh, for those unfamiliar, if you draw the winner, uh, if you're on the team that draws the winner of the Royal Rumble, the whole team has to chug a beer. And if, you, if you're the one who physically drew it, you have to chug too. I would be happy to draw uh, the the winner. Sure. I drew I drew both Ryback and John Cena in 2013. Yeah, uh, which was excellent. I was laughing like a madman when I realized what it came down to. Um, uh, I think Lesnar Lesnar's in it. Lesnar. Uh, Do you know the stipulation for the the match this year? Uh, that's right. Current to. Uh, heavyweight champion Roman Reigns yeah. will be defending his title. First time that's ever happened, which is pretty sweet, actually. Um, I would be happy. I would be happy to draw the winner just for drinking purposes. Uh-huh. Also, um, uh, and we really didn't even get into it. But that's uh, going to be though. I want to give him a. I am not initiated enough to really know all the moves. I think it'd be a little too obvious to make it. Lesnar? Yeah. I don't know, man. That's kind of cool, right? It's like, pretty You're not fun. really sure who's going to win this year. Lesnar. Who is, um, is, what's his name? Is, uh, is Seth Rollins back on his feet? No. No? That'd Still be. Still injured. That'd be funny. Or interesting. Um, Dean Ambrose is, is cool. I mean, I'm, I'm just naming sort of the popular people. I would say <laughs> I would be most happy if I drew someone from NXT. Okay. I want to see... I'm always most delighted by veterans, and now by... If they get anyone in NXT, Debuts. I would love... Oh, man. I'd yeah. lose my mind. Uh, we went to the NXT show in Chicago this past weekend. Yes, we did. Uh, oh, fantastic. This is like the post-show. Yeah, this <laughs> what is what we're doing show. right here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rich and I... Uh, uh, 
uh, NXT did a Midwestern tour for the first time. They hit up uh, Green Bay, Milwaukee, and then Chicago. They actually had to add another show. Yeah. Uh, Rich saw both the afternoon show and the evening show, and I tagged along for the afternoon one. Um, Mr. Uh, Prince Devitt, a.k.a. Finn Balor, was kind enough to come out and, and, and talk to us uh, because there was a delay getting inside yeah. the theater, which uh, that's I was, I was explaining to one of our friends at work. I was like, you know, I kind of didn't really even know him so much, uh, and and I just but I saw everyone giving him the too sweet, so I did it too, and I loved it. And and you got it, I got it, which was insane. And and our friend Josh put it perfectly. He's like, oh yeah, well you know, there's definitely times when when you just get to mark out. And I was like, that's what it was. Yeah, I was just like, wow, absolutely, dude. Yeah, shout out to the Irish for just killing it right Straight now, killing it, fucking awesome. Yeah, no, I loved it. What about you, buddy? How was it? What was the comparison with the evening show? Um, with the evening show, <coughs> um, I you can you definitely got the feeling that the shows weren't as rushed because that show started on time, mm-hmm. uh, so that helped. Um, there was definitely a little bit more of an uh, uh, <coughs> uh, electric feeling uh, in the air. Uh, people were like a little bit more loose and excited because like. They had the benefit to like drink all day. Yeah, um, and like, there was electricity in the building. There was, there was, uh, and heat, and heat. Um, like, uh, there were, there were definitely just like a lot more uh, little minutia in the the the, the evening shows. Um, like at the beginning of the night, uh, you know, the ring announcer she'll go around and like interview people to like by ringside, just kind of like you know get people excited and you know. There's things happening, mm-hmm. so sort of pay attention. And the first person that she like talks to is like, hey, "And what's your name, Joe?" And then the whole place just starts chanting, "Joe, Joe, 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 yes. Joe." Uh, and then at the end of the night, um, uh, Balor wins the main event and brings in a bunch of kids into the the ring. Saw um, that Bailey Bailey comes out as well, um, and they do a bunch of really nice things with the kids. You're the future, yada yada yada. Um, How awesome! I, I cool. keep saying that. I'm sorry, but that's fantastic. It'd be mind blowing. And so, uh, Balor, uh, you know, goes down the line with the kids. Like, all right, what's your name? Oh, what's your name? Oh, what's your name? Oh, what do they call you? Oh, what's your name? Uh, and there's like two Caleb's in a group of like eight kids, which is weird. Um, and the second to last kid, uh, like zero reason why this happened at all. But he's like, oh, what's your name? Omar, and then the place just starts chanting Omar. I don't know, just Omar, 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 like just going nuts for Omar, like for a solid minute. Uh, and the kid just has like the biggest smile on his face, like what the hell's going on? Balor and Bailey are cracking up. Um, and then after the show, as everyone's filing out and everything, and and it's starting to pretty much empty out. Um. <clears throat> Uh, I was hanging out by the concession stand or whatever. Uh, I had to get some napkins. And <clears throat> I see, like, Omar by the concession stand. And then, like, other people see Omar and start an Omar chant. And then our friend Johnny was in the bathroom when that happened. And he said that there was a guy in there that said, oh, shit, Omar's out there? And, like, <laughs> wrapped up really quick to go out and chant Omar with us. It was just, like, a crazier, like, atmosphere um, that, like, the early show 
maybe could have been like that, but like because of the delay, everyone was like a little bit more cranky. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was it was uh, crazy. Um, match quality though, still across the board, was very very good. It was fantastic. We hope they return really really soon. When I I loved it when uh, the early show when the rig side announcer was talking to some people, and the guy was like, "We want takeover," which yeah. would be very cool. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. So, so good. Yeah, one thing that about does it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening, you guys, for myself, Robert, for my good friend, uh, and, you know, all the rest. I was going to just repeat <laughs> yeah. the same thing. For well, Richard. Man, we're not 100% right now. For Richard, thank you guys so much for listening to Picked Up. Keep your dial tuned to awesome. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.